Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Hour two of our radio program called Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Strapper, Mike Blewett with you here. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, download the app. Take us with you. Who doesn't want Mike and Dan traveling around on errands with you? Come on, make it happen. Uh, Let's talk. uh, I I wanted to just round out talking about uh, this uh, Colgate-Tennessee game. Uh, It did seem to show uh, that... Tennessee is probably a little bit light for a two seed. I think I, I don't want to take one game sample. I think a lot of people thought that coming in, they were one, number one ranked, but seemed to have a very light schedule to get to that number one ranking for a while. Yeah. Uh, and yep. here you have Ivanowskis out with what seemed to be uh pink eye as all was said and done. He was absolutely ripping at his eyes. As I said, before the break, he had to ask coaches what the score was. Uh, anytime there was a reaction from the bench, he stood up, but had really no idea what was going on. And you can play the what if game. If he was in there, would they have won? We don't know. You know, you, you can't, you can't predict that out, uh, but it does seem as though this is a Tennessee uh, team that might be ripe for the knockoff here. I don't know who uh, I would choose to do it. If it's round number two, where that happens uh, against, uh, against their next opponent in Iowa, uh, or if we're going to have to wait for a Purdue-Tennessee matchup in uh, the Sweet 16. But what what do you think of Tennessee, and what do you think of that game? So I think you made a really – you're making a good point in saying that <clears throat> you're not sure who will knock them off. Like, Iowa surprised me in, in beating Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati would be a good enough defensive team to, first of all, limit Iowa, second of all – that they could limited Tennessee. So I actually had Cincinnati making a run in a couple of brackets. Uh, so that bracket's done, whichever one I did right. that in. Uh, Burn but, it. Burn it. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I didn't want to go. I try to avoid chalk for the most part, although I do have one bracket where all three of those ACC number one seeds are getting to the final four. That would be the first time ever that something like that would happen. But um, – I just don't know about how strong this bracket is. We have our debate with Villanova and Purdue. Say Tennessee beats Iowa, then they're going to play a softer Villanova team or a Purdue team, to your point. Like, you don't know how good this Big Ten conference is. By the way, you're you're bashing the Big Ten a little bit. They could have Purdue. Oh, absolutely. Michigan and Michigan State all in the Sweet 16. And that's the thing. Ohio State shockingly won yesterday. I didn't think they were going to beat Iowa State. Another day. Yeah. So I don't but think that, that's Houston. a bunch of their teams, Mike. A bunch of the Big Ten teams are I mean, Michigan State out of this conversation, but a bunch of them are really talented, but go through these stretches where you go, how are they even winning games in any conference, let alone the Big Ten, when you see yeah. them out on the court shooting two of 20 from three point range and, and playing yeah, yeah. terrible defense? So 
But the eight teams made the tournament more than any other conference. So yep. Yep. the numbers do tell you that there, there's at least – and I do think there's something to be said that the conference beats itself up a little bit during the year, and it gets tough to win those. Yep. Look, conference road games are the hardest thing to do in college sports, both of the big majors. Winning on the road in conference is extremely difficult. Those teams, those programs know you really well. The coaches are typically around for a while. It just becomes a very difficult thing to do. So, honestly, if somebody like – now, I, I shouldn't have said – I shouldn't have brought this up on, on the ACC this year because North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia went undefeated on the road right. this year combined. They went like, you know, tw- whatever it is, 24-0. So, um, so in that sense – it maybe doesn't prove my point, but even a really, even a really good team like Michigan State, if they're winning a majority of their conference home games and they sort of split on the road, yep, they're fine by the end of the year. Do you know what I mean? They'll end up going twelve and six in conference, and that's a really that that's enough to win it. Uh, Absolutely. But that's if they went four and four on the road in conference. That isn't that shocking. It's hard to win those games. So I think there's something to be said, particularly in the Big Ten, where there's obviously depth in the conference, even if none of the teams, save for Michigan State, look like they jump off the page that they can win the national title. Uh, so I'll say that in defending the Big Ten. Now, Tennessee, man, this this bracket ends up – that's why you, you, you sort of scratch your head with Gonzaga because there's a lot of teams in that – in there in the West – that even as lower seeds are tough. Murray State is as strong a 12 seed as you're going to see. Florida State is completely mercurial. It's year after year. They have these crazy athletes, and they, honestly, if they lost to Vermont, nobody would have been shocked. And if they end up, honestly, beating Gonzaga and playing in the Elite Eight, that won't stun me either because it's just who they are. So, And you keep going, Buffalo's the sixth seed. I think Texas Tech is getting to the Final Four, personally. Florida could beat Michigan. That's a 10-2. Like, there's a lot of really good depth there. And then you go to the South, and maybe it is lining up for UVA this year because neither of us like Tennessee. We're not sure about a Villanova-Purdue game. And then UVA will have to play a 12 or a 13 seed if they get past an Oklahoma team that came alive yesterday somehow. But some people were doubting if they should even be in the tournament. It's uh, the road. You know what I mean? Like this might be lining up for UVA. I I think it is. And I think that's the conclusion I'm coming to after the tournament started. I didn't see it necessarily when, when the bracket came out. I didn't see it necessarily as a way forward for the Cavaliers. But... As you look at this bracket, and especially as you point out, the the 12-13 that they have as the next opponent uh, if they get by Oklahoma, and we'll say that with a knock on wood or a caveat. Is Oregon really hot use. still? You know what right. I mean? Like, is Oregon right. continue to stay hot? That stuff can this, cool off after the first weekend. That's the problem. <laughs> like, cool if you're Oregon, you want to play like every other day, but right. uh, you got to wait a week. Yeah, head back to campus for three days and, yeah. and get the accolades and, you know, the travel starts to set in. You're back out again. And uh, let's yeah. let's talk some Midwest next where UNC struggled a little bit early against Iona, ended up winning by 15, didn't cover. So the two largest spreads were UNC and Duke in round one 
and those were the ones that had the least public money on them from last I saw uh, from a spread perspective. I think Duke ended up going off at 27, and I think UNC was at 23 or 23 and a half uh, when the game tipped. So uh, both there, uh, the uh, other side of the game uh, for the two ACC leaders, uh, both North Dakota State and Iona, covering uh, in their matchups. Again, these are teams that are elite athletes, have played elite competition. Uh, Iona had a nice run in the first half. It seemed as though North Carolina and Duke are teams that can simply just say, all right, we're not going to let this team beat us. Let's figure this out and get out of here with a win. They now face Washington in round number two. Uh, thoughts on UNC as a one seed. Thoughts on UNC in this bracket. Uh, and then we'll we'll get to the rest of the games and talk the West in the next segment. segment. So Washington kind of floundered late in the season. Uh, but I was I thought they were clearly the better team than Utah State. So I want a little bit there uh, on that one. As far as North Carolina is concerned... I'm really not worried about them. I think they'll get this win versus Washington. I think they're too good. This is almost a, a positive for somebody like Roy Williams. And I think Izzo, uh, obviously the, the controversy, the, the controversy is probably not something he wants to deal with, but they didn't play a particularly good game against Bradley and North Carolina maybe didn't have a vintage game against Iona, but they got relatively comfortable wins in both games but what it, what's good for the coaches is that they probably made enough mistakes that there's stuff to work on and sort of get them into basketball X's and O's mode and not have to worry about the distractions that come with the tournament. Do you know what I mean? Now, blue blood yep. programs like that know how to get rid of the distractions anyway. But in this instance, I think both of them can really do a lot of X's and O's work and be like, you know, we really are significantly better than Iona. We, you know, and they, Iona likes to run it up and down the court. We probably should have been scoring triple digits if we were playing at their pace. And you know, we 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 won an eighty-eight to seventy-three game. It's not all bad, right? I'm not. Nobody's crying in their beer over North Carolina winning a game by fifteen points. But I think my point is that it it can mitigate any distractions for them because they have to get into prepping for a Washington team or a Minnesota team that could be challenging. You know, it's a conference opponent in one sense and North Carolina, when's the last time they played Washington? Like those matchups just don't happen. Mike Hopkins, the coach of Washington, they're familiar with because he was accused for decades uh, under Bayheim, but yep. we'll see. I, I, I don't have worries about North Carolina. I, I really had them... <sighs> I, I couldn't really see who was going to knock them off. I don't really see Aub- I don't see Washington doing it. I frankly don't see Auburn or this Kansas team doing it. But you never know with Kansas. Um, on the bottom side of the bracket, I, I think Kentucky and Houston. I think that's going to be a live matchup. I really hope that they play. Oh, I, I'm bummed that Wofford has to play Kentucky here in the second round because I would have liked to have seen them um, get a shot at winning two games. I just think Kentucky's a little bit too much athletically for them. Um, but I think that Kentucky-Houston game, if that can happen, I think that would be a really fun game to watch. And then either of those teams, I think, could give North Carolina hell. I'm fairly certain, and trying to find the team page I had open, uh, Fletcher McGee uh, is, I think, five three-pointers shy of Steph Curry's all-time record uh, for yeah. three-pointers in a season. So uh, we'll see if he comes he out uh, f- 
you you would think now obviously uh, not the easiest of matchups here for Wofford, but you would assume he'd be shooting a lot uh, to try to keep them in this game against Kentucky, Auburn, and, and uh, Kansas. Kansas took care of Northeastern uh, pretty easily. Uh, that game was close, probably I think for the first couple minutes, and then Kansas pulled away. Auburn just getting by New Mexico, New Mexico State. We almost had all four five seeds losing in this tournament, but they get to live another day. And then on the bottom New Mexico side, Mexico State you have Ohio should State. have won that game. Auburn fell apart. They were a nightmare in the last three minutes of that game. They were winning comfortably, blew the lead. There was a really bad call that didn't go their oh, way. That's right. yep. They tried to intentionally foul. They did intentionally yep. foul. The ref somehow missed it. And in the process, the Auburn player just threw the ball away like because he got hacked. And he just kind of threw the ball away, and it went out of bounds, and they just called it out of bounds. They didn't call the foul. It was this ridiculous call. But then New Mexico State had the, had the ball, um, and they're running it. To, oh, I know. I know what happened. It's a one-point game, right? They won by yep. – yeah, they won by one. I know. I remember exactly what happened. You know how these games blend together because I've watched, you know, 40 basketball games, in the, 32 basketball games in the last 48 hours. But <sighs> – Auburn misses the free throw, and yeah, so here's yeah, I'll, I'll set it for you again. Auburn was up two. It's 78-76. They're at the line, and they miss a free throw. New Mexico State gets the ball, brings it right down. The player, the point guard, drives to the basket, and there's nobody there. But because they probably had from the sidelines set what play they were going to run to get an open three, they just ran that play. If he had just, honestly, he was wide open for a layup with one second, with basically under two seconds left. And he kicked it out for a three that they missed, and then the guy got fouled. So now they're down two at the line shooting three. And he missed two free throws. Then the ball goes off Auburn with 1.4 seconds left. And they got an open look. And he missed it badly, airballed it. But it's literally multiple chances to win the game in the final two seconds. And they just didn't do it. Auburn is so lucky that it didn't, they, they missed all those shots. I mean, they missed a three pointer there that they got fouled on, they missed two of three free throws. And then they missed uh, an open three-pointer. Really crazy, but that that was nuts. That that was the one that they. You're right. They should have won. It could, should have been all four 12 seats. You have, <clears throat> excuse me. You have Auburn and Kansas uh, tonight at uh, 9:40. It's the last game of the day. Uh, Auburn favored minus two, uh, 147.5 over or under. What's your take on this game? Uh, any interest in that minus two or the over under? I just feel like now, and I was one of these people that was kind of doubting this Kansas team, and and they're reveling in it. I think self loves the fact that nobody's talking about them, or everybody thought you know there were people out there talking about Northeastern covering and and uh, uh, Auburn might getting a chance to knock them out. I, I, Auburn was so bad at the end of that New Mexico State game. I, I think I'm tainted by it. So yep, I, I'm on Kansas in this one, but um, but I think this could be an interesting game. I, I, I hope so. Be a tight one. Uh, the last game of the night, uh, always good to have one to uh, watch as you round out the, the evening here on this um, probably the most exciting 
Sports weekend around. Uh, I know a lot of people like next weekend because you have better games, and I get it. But uh, all of these games going on at once, and now you, you made mention so about waiting, I love waiting for cable, right? You you made that point before uh, when you were younger and waiting for college basketball and why uh, you're so into it. Uh, the technology of today, uh, for you youngins out there, you could only watch one game. You, you had to worry about what oh, region yeah. you were in, and you had to sit there and wait for the live break-ins. And uh, George has talked about it a lot, too, when you used to uh, the ticker on football games. You'd wait every, like, 10 minutes to see the scores from out of town. Um, yep. Now you're able to have your computer monitor up. <clears throat> if you have, you know, True TV and, and TNT and all the channels, you can watch all four games at the same damn time. And, like, it's, it is such a different world and such a different way to consume everything. Uh, it's sort of all-encompassing uh, as we go through, uh, but it is just a, a, a media bonanza uh, of content. <clears throat> so rounding out, you have uh, Ohio State and Houston. I, I think Houston wins this one handily. Uh, and then you have uh, Kentucky and Wofford. I, I, I agree with you. Houston's really good. Do people remember Houston's... how? Do people remember how Houston got knocked out of the tournament last year? I don't. That ridiculous double pump, three thirty foot three pointer by Michigan to beat them. That's right. Michigan's run was saved by that ridiculous three pointer that they hit, and Houston was the team that they beat on that. Houston would have gone on a little bit of a run last year, save for that miracle. It was a miraculous three pointer. Yeah. I, I think Houston wins big here. This game's tomorrow. And then you have Kentucky and Wofford. Do you think Wofford hangs tight? Do you think this is a game that at least uh, you have interest in? The funny from a thing about McGee that you were saying is that they were talking about it the other night. You should see the shots that he practices. Mm-hmm. He, he like, practices uh, unique ways to get shots off. I, I bet it's, he, I, he must have read that Steph Curry does this because yep. – he gets shots up in the most awkward angles, and he and he hits them. So, I, I don't think there'll be enough there. Kentucky's always typically inexperienced, but I just think there's too much athleticism there. I, I don't think it's a good matchup for a SoCon team. We'll close out this bracket, move on to the final one on the other side of this break. Dan Trapper, Mike Blewett, Fantasy Sports A, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Strafford, Mike Blue, back with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. Mike, I wanted to get your quick take here as we're talking the NCAA tournament. We could dive into amateurism and and the like. I know uh, the NCAA tweeted out that uh, all NCAA tournament players get free Wi-Fi at their hotels. Good, good job, NCAA. <laughs> Thanks. That's Thanks. that's fantastic. Thanks, guys. Because you know who else gets free Just Wi-Fi like at hotels? Everybody else. Exactly. I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get free Wi-Fi. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you saw CBS is rolling out a Zion cam, where specifically they are tracking all just Zion. During the game, they're just tracking him. And I don't know if it's a stream you can follow or if it's just for highlights. But 
as we get into this further debate about one and done, about the uh, value of players going to college and hell, uh, honestly, I, I work in education, the value of a college degree period, full stop. The idea that the NCAA and CBS thinks this is a good idea to further profit on one individual player kind of blows my mind. It doesn't surprise yeah. me. It doesn't surprise me at all, but it seems like they're further stepping on their own feet in in making it apparent that at least the players should have a different structure of how their scholarships work. And by the way, that's the only people that would get any blame in this scenario. I'm not blaming CBS. They pay a ton of money in order right. to broadcast how they broadcast. And this has been tried out in the NBA. They're in the NBA, they're They've been experimenting a lot with this, just following one player, um, the LeBron cam or or whatever it is there. There, you know, there's going to be technology long term. If it's if it shows that people are interested in it, that will be following every player. You know what I mean? Like there'll be 10 different cameras on all 10 players and following them around or certainly multiple cameras a game following. You know, like if you have a if you had a. If the Warriors play the Bucks in the finals yep. this year, you'll have a Giannis cam, a Steph cam, a KD cam, uh, Quinn Cook cam. cam. <laughs> just, just <laughs> cook at the end of the bench. <laughs> they just, ah, <laughs> man. Uh, so in any event, yeah, the, I mean, I, 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 they're the only ones to blame. The, the whole dynamic is so ridiculous now because. The funny part is, is that the fans don't, a majority of fans, you and I are sort of close to the issue, right? You're in education and I've been on a lot of college campuses and I know people that work in college athletics, a lot of people that work in college yep. athletics. Yeah, so same. what's, you know, it's, um, it's all just one, it, it all, it all seems at times you have to you have to try to tamp it down because at sometimes it seems like one big sham, right? And if people feel that way, I'm not gonna con- I can't convince you otherwise. But with the scandals coming out and the high-profile people, notably being on tape, talking about paying players to come to campus, yep, and then fans. In specific case, I'm looking at you, LSU. Booing the athletic director for suspending the coach? What are you talking about? The guy's on a wiretap talking about mm-hmm. illegally paying a player. Like, you just can't do it. And uh, the fans don't care. And I, nope. I, I'm, I don't think LSU's fan base is an isolated incident. I think there's plenty of other schools to be like, what? What did Urban Meyer really do wrong? Like, really? Exactly. Really talking about this? Yep. This is not a discussion. Like, he did something horrendous. And he should be fired immediately. But no, we'll put him on ice for three games, bring him back, give him a nice uh, parade as we send him off after the Rose Bowl win or whatever whatever the hell game they won. Was it the Rose Bowl? Did they win the Rose I Bowl? I believe so. So, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. And uh, we'll write all these nice articles about him. And uh, we'll give him a job in the university teaching. Yep. He's like an associate athletic director, and he's going to teach classes. Yep. So, you know. That's the kind of stuff that when you you know it just drives you insane, but the fans the fans don't seem to care. Like there's too many people that are accepting of the dynamic, and I, well, I don't the, know how I don't know how players are going to get paid. 
I assume they will at some point, but I'm just done trying to figure it out. We've talked about the dynamic before about uh, fans siding with the ownership, right? That that players, uh, you know, often don't get the support of the fans when it comes to contract extensions or or the amount of money they're paid. Uh, you know, oh, I wouldn't spend that much money on Mike Trout. Well, you don't have to. And uh, I think from an e- economic standpoint, forgetting college, talking pro for a second, so many fans believe, oh, Mike Trout's getting paid nearly five hundred million dollars. Prices are going to go up. Mike Trout's salary has nothing to do with what you pay at the ballpark. Nothing. Yeah. Like it, it, it yeah. has nothing to do with it. Different yeah. bucket completely. And if they weren't spending that money on Mike Trout, do you think ticket prices are going down? No. Right. They're not. That's not how that works. And uh, somebody the only, out on the only real solid a, an owner has done for a fan base recently is what Arthur Blank did down yes. in Atlanta when he reduced the prices or kept the prices reasonable in the new stadium. But you know what's also happened? Revenues have gone up. People are more willing to have a few beers because they are not super expensive and they'll buy a hot dog there. So it's good. It's I'm not saying he did it out of the goodness of his heart necessarily, but he did do fans a solid. He kept prices down in the new stadium. If you ever go to a USGA event. Yep. I've only been to the bigger ones. I've been to uh, the U.S. Open a couple of times, and I'm probably going to the PGA Championship here because it's on Long Island, not far. It's like, no joke, like 15 minutes from where I live. So uh, I'll probably go there uh, in May. Though Those prices are reasonable. Now, they, yep. they'll get you at the merchandise tent because those yes, prices are exorbitant, you know, $30 baseball hat. But the the prices of a beer or a sandwich or that kind of stuff are totally reasonable. Like you can buy a, a $5 beer there and it's not out of control, but um, I don't know where I was going with this. I guess I was just saying that, you know, for people to side with ownership in that way is crazy to me. I see you and I had this discussion a yep. couple of weeks ago. The Yankees could have given Pat Corbin and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper matching 10-year, $300 million deals, and they still pay less of a percentage of their revenue than they did all the way back in 2004. Because of the TV deals, revenues have skyrocketed, and teams are pocketing money now. So when teams are like, that's crazy. Why would they give Mike Trout? I don't really know why they gave him that deal. It it does seem insane to me, but he's never going to leave now. He's angel for life, and he's happy, and they can afford it is the point. They are fine. They are fine, and uh, I think with – I get fans worrying about years in professional sports. You see the downside on the back end of of contracts, but you get Mike Trout, the greatest baseball player of our time, and potentially by the end of his career of all time, uh, potentially by age 30 of all time, but – he is somebody now they can build around. There's no worry that he's going to leave. And they can convince maybe a free agent or two who would not want to play in uh, Anaheim because it's a bad park for hitters, blah, 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 to come play there. And that they're investing in the team. College, I, again, going back to the Zion cam and, and the investment they're in uh, with the scandal with, uh, you know, everybody saw Aunt Becky and, and Felicity Huffman and, and that, along yep. with the college basketball scandal. Aunt Becky. Al- I wouldn't have, along- have pulled that name. You're a little younger than oh, me, yeah. so I never watched Full House, but I, I wouldn't have known the character's name. Full House was uh, kind of wheelhouse for me growing yeah, up. Yeah, um, yeah, I would imagine. And it's, you think back. I was more of a family show. ties guy. So Oh, sure. Not, not Alex full. B. Keaton. Yeah. He was big yeah, in our house right. as well. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I almost made a comment that was not meant for this radio show. Uh, we will uh, continue on here talking about uh, NCA, but I, I check out this non cam. It's probably going to be cool. You know, like to be honest, it's going to be one of those things that I will check out. But as it continues to roll down this road, I think we are coming to a, a bit of an inflection point uh, with uh, one and done and the force to go to college. I think college at large uh, needs to be thought about by everyone out there as an investment and not just a foregone conclusion because it's expensive as all get out. Uh, and uh, I think this is uh, really going to be a discussion discussion moving forward. Let's uh, let's dive into the West. We'll probably spill over into the final segment of this hour. We will talk some Major League Baseball and some NBA in hour number three as we lead you up to 11 o'clock here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, out West, uh, this is a bracket that has... Held close to what I expected. Um, I was not a huge Buffalo fan coming in, uh, but they get uh, uh, get past Arizona State. Bobby Hurley uh, turning beat red, I think, like seven different times on the sidelines uh, there for the Sun Devils. Uh, but let's start at the top uh, where you have Gonzaga getting by FDU. Great story out of that game. Uh, FDU, 50-year senior, I forget his name, uh, was injured all year long, uh, hurt his back, and, and couldn't play all year, was able to suit up for this one and actually hit a layup uh, with like 10 seconds left in that game to get the one yeah. bucket uh, of his uh, NCAA tournament career, which is a great story. And the coach embraced him, and it honestly looked like the, the bench was celebrating. Uh, you would have thought they had won, but that's kind of, uh, maybe it's naive, that's part of this tournament. That's part of the college experience Absolutely. on the other side of it, where these guys have played for five or six years. Uh, they are going to a small school. They're not going to play in the NBA. They're probably not going to play any sort of basketball once their career in, in college is done. Uh, had to sit out the entire year, but able to get that basket. Gonzaga wins big, and not surprising there. But a, a cool story and one that probably needs a little bit more of uh, light uh, on as we talk about Izzo and we talk about this cheating scandal. Uh, hopefully uh, it does get a little bit more run. But yeah. Gonzaga that, gets Baylor that, next. Yeah, and that FDU coach, too, had, had suffered from some serious health problems. He had blood clots right. in yep. his legs. I think it happened at last year's Final Four, so he was hospitalized for eight days or something like that. So he's come a long way with uh, health issues in order to come back, and it's nice to see them make the tournament. Um, you know, similarly, for whatever – so, you know, I said earlier, like sometimes I'm wistful of – uh, old school college basketball. The what I noticed myself doing in recent years, and part of it is because I, you know, was ingratiated with a lot of people in college athletics, is that I found myself watching a lot of mid-major and low-major sure. hoops that I didn't watch previously. So a lot of times, even your your most ardent college basketball fans can probably tell you a lot about the top 25, even if it's Wofford this year. They can tell you a little bit about that. They've maybe seen him play once or twice. But they don't really regularly watch even somebody like the A-10. Like, A-10 basketball is really good. It's usually, like, mm -hmm. the seventh best conference uh, when it comes to rating conferences. Like, A-10 basketball is really good. But what's cool about it on the mid-major, low-major level is you do find players that have stuck around for all four years. So if you tend to watch, say, just hypothetical A-10 basketball, you do become familiar with the players in the way that I used to when I was younger and watching, 
Big East constantly. Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So that's what's cool about low major, mid major basketball and Northern Kentucky. I just happened to watch a lot of that tournament. That is the. Oh, that's not the summit. Is North Dakota State, Northern Kentucky? I want to say that one is Horizon. That's the Horizon League. So. I watched a bunch of that Horizon League tournament, and this kid, this senior on Northern Kentucky, I'll pick, I'll get his name in a minute uh, when I pick up the box score, but I'm blanking on it at the moment. But he was the focus of a lot of that tournament. I guess he was Player of the Year. McDonald is his name. Uh, he's he had a really Drew McDonald. He had a really rough game yesterday. Actually, he went two for thirteen. Over six from three, but in the semifinals of the Horizon League, he hit a ridiculous, like twenty-seven foot shot to yep. win the game at the buzzer. And like his dad and his family were a real focus for the storyline of the game because his parents go to every game. And his dad was there yesterday, and you see the kid come off, and it was in tears yesterday because he realized like it's the end of the road for this season, but. Um, to your point, like some of these stories are kind of cool and people may roll their eyes at us romanticizing about college basketball, but in the face of all the stream of BS that we have to deal with, <laughs> that was a nice, whether nice it's the, pause it, there. yeah, I, yeah, I almost actually swore. So when, whether it's the Izzo thing, or we got to talk about Will Wade and the fans booing right. the AD because they suspended the coach who was obviously doing something totally. against the rules, you just have to try to look at FDU and uh, Northern Kentucky and find some of these stories and get pumped for Liberty. You know, it's cool for Wofford. Wofford might lose by thirty today, but it's cool, man. They were ranked this year. Teams from the SoCon don't get ranked. And they've won 30 games, and they haven't lost this year, and it's fun for them. Like, he, he, and it's fun, by the way. I went to the Final Four last year. You know how crazy it is that Loyola was in the Final Four? Like, that is an amazing story. And I said to everybody that I would see there, I was like, I'm glad you came. If I saw a Loyola fan, I got into a conversation. I was like, I'm glad you came here. This, may ne- this is unlikely to ever happen again to a school of that size with that profile coming out of that conference. To get to the Final Four, it's, it's nuts. So those are the types of stories you have to try to focus on. That's what's cool about the tournament, uh, not to mention all the crazy games and stuff. Yeah, I, I here here's the thing for me, and we'll we'll talk about we will talk about the uh, bracket uh, on the other side of this break. But you you can get lost in the stories, and that's why the NCAA tournament is so endearing to me. Is the Loyola uh, run? It is the George Mason run. It is uh, Steph Curry and what he did at Davidson. That's where I think the stories become so important. Is the NCAA tournament basketball style and skill better than the NBA? Hell no. But I like watching the NCAA tournament more than I like watching the NBA playoffs because of the storylines that pop up and because of the the one and done nature of it and because of being a high schooler or middle schooler who dreamed of was never good enough to even think about it but playing in these sort of games being in your backyard and the buzzer beater and that whole thing that's where the tournament to me is romanticized and rightly so like these are what stories should be written about it's a shame that we're getting these cheating scandals and it's a shame that it is a multi-billion dollar industry at this point because it does take away some of the shine and as you get older you see those holes in 
the the process and you start to understand where things are a little bit shadier than you may have thought as a younger person. Uh, but I love it, and I, I will watch the games this weekend, and I'll root for the underdog. Um, I have a good friend who roots for the overdog, which is always funny. He just wants all the ones <laughs> and twos to move on, uh, which is fine. So hey, do, by he, the way, most people are like that. We talk about it on the other side. Most people are like that. They like the upsets in the first round, but as it starts to get deeper, people want to watch Blue Bloods. Yep, they want to watch the, the best players play. And we'll talk more on the other side of this break. We'll close out the hour talking the NCAA tournament, then we'll talk some NBA on the other side. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. While you and while we are fixated on college basketball brackets, NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing Dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. So, Mike, you made a point as we were going to break about uh, most wanting to see the better teams or, or the higher ranked teams um, play in the later rounds. Is that something you've seen bear out anecdotally or is there's something you've seen from brackets and the way people put things together that, that show uh, that they prefer the, no, the, the ratings the are better. Ratings are better when the top teams are in there. So I think it's just indicative of how people watch, you know, so when George Mason made the final four or VCU made the final four, um, it, it has an, an impact on ratings. It's not like they don't have fantastic ratings no matter what. There just appears to be an impact on ratings, like if Loyola makes it versus uh, whoever else could have come out of that bracket last year. I guess Duke was in their bracket last year, but whatever. Um, I think for the most part, people like seeing the upsets, but you know, if this tournament went ham and we had, I don't know, Purdue... Uh, uh, Houston, uh, Buffalo, and LSU. People would be like, what mm-hmm. the hell happened? I don't want to watch these. You know what I mean? People be now, – now, Purdue's got a little bit of history, and uh, LSU's been there before, and they have a big fan base and everything. But, you know, LSU, even in, in their own right, is a f- football school. So – it uh, doesn't mean that they can't also be good at basketball, but people care about LSU football far more than they do LSU basketball. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I so think, the ratings uh, would suck if that happened compared to what that CBS makes wants. 
Right. That makes a ton of sense. And you get into the same argument in Major League Baseball or the NBA where your major markets or your teams that have been winners uh, throughout history tend to bring more people to the television sets. Um, it'll be, I'm intrigued to see what happens. We'll talk about this a little bit later on. I'll leave it for later. The Le- LeBron-less playoffs uh, to see exactly what happens there. But we'll talk that uh, next hour. Let's close out uh, the bracket as uh, we talk to Gonzaga. Baylor gets by Syracuse. Uh, I'm a happy uh, man there. I, I'm not a fan of the orange. Uh, Murray State over Mark. Bye-bye, yeah, that makes sense. BC. Yep. Have fun. Don't let the door hit uh, you in the butt on the way out. So you mentioned uh, John Morant uh, before Murray State beating up on Marquette, and he had the first triple-double since Draymond, I believe, in 2012 uh, in the NCAA tournament. Yep. So good for him and good for his draft stock, really not good. that it needed much of a bounce. Uh, but he says he is, all the right things, by the way. Yep. He's probably locking himself into that two-spot. Um, now, whether or not he spans out to be an NBA player that – uh, is a great professional. I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough of him, and I don't really know uh, where he fits necessarily on some of these rosters. Kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Florida State over Vermont. So you get FSU and Murray State. Do you give uh, Murray State a fighter's chance here, or do you think Florida State yes. uh, takes this one? Yep. Yes. I think Leonard Hamilton is a spectacularly <sighs> average coach who's racked yeah, up mediocre. a lot of that wins. Was yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's racked up a lot of wins over his career. Like, he's really climbing up an incredible total of wins, both uh, at Miami and Florida State. I've watched him a lot, and it's why they, they're they the most mercurial team. I, why am I having problems with that? Mercurial team uh, that you can imagine year in, year out. It's like they'll be ranked during the year, and then they're struggling against Vermont. And now they might blow out Murray State and then beat Gonzaga. And you're like, where the hell was this all year? Right. It's just how they are every year. And I I tend to – I'm more critical of him than almost any other coach because I watch him get these players in here and lottery picks and all this kind of stuff, and they should just be very good every year. And they're not – they lost to BC this year. We're terrible. <laughs> We're terrible. <laughs> yeah, we, we between Rutgers and BC, we have a very different slant on college basketball on the show. That is for sure. Um, I've been to a couple of games uh, at BC though since I moved up here. They're they're fun, yeah. fun arena to go to at least. Well, you soon um, get, can get tickets. <laughs> good seats still. Tickets available. are available. Yes. Uh, what do you got for the rest of this bracket? It's By the way, Buffalo, can, now you just, just set off a you, know, you just set off a powder balloons. keg. They brought yeah. this coach back, Jim Christian. Uh, would you? He's. They played 162 games under Jim Christian in his five years there. Would you guess what his record is? Uh, I would assume it's like 81, 81, or like no? It's, it's it isn't. No, no, it oh, isn't that good. Is how bad they is. are? 62 oh. and 100 under Jim Christian, and in the ACC, they are currently. 18 and 72. That is a 200 winning percentage. They are 54 games below 500. And let me put this into perspective. If BC were to win every ACC game game that they play in the regular season for the next three years and go 54-0, only then will he be back to 500 in the ACC. 
That doesn't count the tournament games. He would have to go over 500 there as well in order to get over 500. So five seasons, 62 and 100. It's a 38 winning percentage, 383 to be exact. Jeez. And they are 200 in the ACC. And now he's back. He has coached in the NCAA for, I believe, one, two, three, four, six, ten, twelve, and now another five. Uh, so that's 17 years. He has never won an NCAA game. He's been there a couple of times, but uh, that's over 11 years ago when he was at Kent State. So I don't know what's happening, but I can tell you it doesn't work for me. I never bash my alma mater on air in that way, and I'm done. Like, I, I just, it's very hard to watch this basketball program just getting flushed away. Yeah, and it's a, another year of it, and that's what's always uh, scary in the yeah. college ranks where you become. Nobody thought he was coming back. I mean, right. I did because I knew once there wasn't an announcement, they, and they lost to Pitt in the ACC tournament. Yep. Pitt was yep. the worst yep. team in the ACC this year. They lost to Pitt and got blown out, by the way. If you look at the box score, it'll say that they lost by 10. I watched that game. They were down 25 at one point and getting run off the floor by the worst team in the ACC. And once he wasn't fired that night, I knew he was going to come back. Yep. Uh, so, that is uh, the way of uh, floundering programs uh, where yep. they bring back a bad coach and can't find their way out of the dark. Uh, let's let's close out this bracket in the final 10 minutes here. We'll talk some professional sports in our final hour. I'm sure we'll touch a little bit more on the NCAA uh, as we go through as well. But yeah, Buffalo against Texas Tech. I was not a huge believer in Buffalo during the season, but they do have a couple of talented guys who can, uh, again, talking about a John Morant or, or put, put Buffalo on their back and, and take them through. Uh, Texas Tech matchup here, that's tomorrow. And then you have Florida and Michigan. I'm agreeing with you. I think Florida will potentially give Michigan a run here. I think this is yeah. a game that I might actually take Florida, uh, whatever the spread is. I haven't checked uh, as of yet, but I, it's probably it. closer than I would guess. Um, and I think this is one where I'm taking Florida later today. How do you see these two games uh, running out? This is the bracket. This is the bracket that I've probably done the best with thus far. Uh, I I really did like Buffalo, and I think Texas Tech is going to come out of here. Um. I just think they're a really interesting athletic team. They won a lot of games during the course of the year. They were ranked most of the year. And I know not everybody's focused on Big 12 basketball. I just happened to watch them a few times. I think they're a pretty good team. Uh, Michigan laying 6.5 to Florida. I would take the points there. I'm not guaranteeing a Florida win, but I do think they could make a run here. Uh, I think the Buffalo Tech, I think all four of these are interesting matchups. I, I think Gonzaga takes care of business against Baylor, but I think Murray State could, I mean, Murray State could really create a problem for Florida State. And Buffalo is a very good team. They are. They won a lot of games this year. Nate Oaks is going to be out of there, I'm sure, soon, wants a bigger job. Like, that's the type of yeah. guy I was hoping BC would just sort of, move on and then you got Nate guy like Nate Oaks could come in step up you know into a, a bigger conference job that, that's the kind of guy I'm hoping for but anyway um I do think I don't think Michigan's going to get to the final four this year and I think they could get knocked off in any of these next two games Florida or Texas yep. Tech I think could take them out you said it before, and I, I don't know if it was during the break or on air I apologize but John Bayline is not someone you necessarily bet against Right, yeah, like this the is problem. the kind of guy that, um, that's and he's up there. Right, he finds ways to win. He's one of the best coaches in the game today, um, and it's tough to to get 
yourself convinced that he is going to let his team lose here in the second round. Uh, but I, I do think of all these games today, uh, it's a bigger spread, minus six and a half, uh, is big enough for me that I think I, I will be in on Florida. It's a 515 tip here on the East Coast. See if that line moves at all as we head towards tip-off. But that's that's going to be a fun second-round game. Overall, like, look, Mike, even big Even big coaches get upset, though. You know, Izzo lost a crazy game two, three years ago to Middle Tennessee. I had them winning the whole thing that year, Michigan State, and they lost in the first round to Middle Tennessee. So big coaches can get caught flat-footed, too. It happens. Uh, looks like a couple different places. Especially when the guy on the other sidelines is legit, Dan. Mike White is a really good coach. Right. Florida's well, just been a, good, a funky, had a funky season. That's a good point, too. Of You can't just take the one coach on one side and say, oh, he's he's going to make them win. You yeah. have to sort of level Nate that Oaks off. Nate Oaks beat and, Bobby, Bobby Hurley, who's right. sort of his mentor, you know? By the way, Bobby like Hurley the NCA always has a, is always making, like, gives you a little wink and a nod. I mean, they've done it a couple of times, right? They had Louisville playing Richard Pitino, and they had yep. Nate Oaks playing Bobby Hurley. I get that Arizona State had to win the play-in play game, but it was there. You know, Bobby Hurley coached at Buffalo. For those that don't know, he coached at Buffalo and left the job to go to Arizona State. His top assistant stayed there and became the head coach, and now he'll probably move on uh, soon as well. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe it grows into one, but I don't know if Buffalo is going to be a place that many coaches stay if uh, bigger opportunities open up as yeah. time goes by. And there will be jobs. Uh, there are jobs open right now, and there will be more jobs. Obviously, uh, college basketball, there are lots of places that spend a lot of money on basketball as opposed to football. Uh, that coaching carousel tends to be a little bit tighter uh, than it is here uh, in college basketball. Overall thoughts here, Mike, has your uh, winner change? Has anything changed through round one where all of a sudden you think uh, – something you thought before the tournament started uh, has has uh, altered in any way? I think it's the same thing you and I were talking about earlier, is that I, I think this is actually setting up for UVA to make the Final Four now. I, I didn't do that in every one of my brackets, but I think it is kind of lining up there. Um, the West is kind of going according to, as I suspected, I think – the East is a collision course for Duke and Michigan State. I don't think any of those teams are really good enough to knock those teams off. Stuff happens, obviously. but um, And while Virginia, I, like I said earlier, I would never really bet on them to win the tournament because of the style that they play. I, I do think that Oklahoma is a little bit of an easier second-round matchup. They could get Oregon or Irvine in the, second, in the next round. Then they're in the Elite Eight, and who are they playing? A soft Tennessee team a Villanova team that isn't one of these is, isn't a championship caliber team. Are they playing Purdue, which is a good team, but has some limitations. You know, that's, that's kind of, uh, I think that's the one thing I'm starting to think now after just the first couple of days is that I think UVA, I think it might be lining up for them. Now that they got that monkey off their back, they had to be thinking for a full year about that, Dan. Like, man, we just got to get past oh, that Lord first yeah. round. Yep. We just got to get past that first round. And then they're in the and then they're in the first half yesterday, and they probably, Bennett had to have said something to them. Don't worry about last year. Like, we got to focus on beating Gardner-Webb right now. We're down 13. Like, you, you would just, you can see him saying something like this. He probably said it for a long time. They've said, we put it past us. We're, we're over it. It's a year. But when you're on the court and it's a first-round NCAA game and you're losing by 13, like, you can't tell me that you can completely block it out. All right. As we uh, come to close here on this hour, wondering some future odds here on winner of this NCAA tournament. This is updated as of 
this morning. So updated as of 9 a.m. The odds I'm looking at here. Uh, Duke is 2-1. to one, Gonzaga 5-1. to one. You have Virginia at 11-2. to two, North Carolina at 13-2. to two, Kentucky 12-1. Michigan State 12-1. 12-1, I should say. Uh, let's see. Any other interesting ones here? Buffalo is 60-1. to one, Florida 60-1. to one, Murray State 70-1. to one, Ohio State 200-1. to one, And then he rounded out with Liberty and UC Irvine at 250-1. to one. I guess it's I, Virginia, I, right? At eleven to two. What, what's Duke two to one? Yep. I actually think there's some value in in, in the fact that it's two to one because I can I think it'll it'll obviously continue to drop. So I'd probably sprinkle a little bit there. UVA is interesting. What is the Texas Tech odds? Oh, that's uh, let me see. Texas Tech is twenty eight to one. Wouldn't mind that. Mind that? That's Houston, your good, good point enough? there with West. Yep. No, is Houston listed here? Let's see. Yeah. Houston is twenty-five to one. I'll take a little Texas Tech at twenty-eight to one, and That'd I think you take run. Duke. At, I think you take Duke at two to one now because it's only right. going to get worse. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they they opened up two to. I think they opened at two to one, if I remember, before the tournament started. Um, now. Early on in the season, you would have gotten vastly different odds, obviously. But uh, as of this morning, those are the odds I'm seeing on two different sites, uh, the same numbers. So uh, if you are into futures bets or if you've already made futures bets, that's something about wagering and you want to start hedging some things here and there, uh, you can start to see new uh, odds come out. Probably these altered a tiny bit. You'll probably see uh, major shifts uh, into the week uh, as yeah. the book sort of reset so, and, and round. So I'll give you uh, my, a couple of bets that I like today. So I'll take Maryland getting three. Mm-hmm. Um, I like getting six and a half uh, if I'm Florida. I like getting the points there. Yep. Uh, the Murray State-Florida State game, that's a tough call for me. I, I would take the points for Murray State. I just... I'm, I'm so confused by Florida State. I, I I don't even know what to do with them. You know what I mean? Uh, but the game I really like is Kansas. They're getting two. I'll take that. Give me the points. Absolutely. I'm there with Rock you on job. Kansas. We have uh, – there it is. Uh, we have uh, some Major League Baseball and some NBA to talk about on the other side of this break. Uh, a little fantasy baseball biggest draft day of the year today and tomorrow. Draft days, I should say. Back with more on the other side. Dan Trapper, Mike Blewett on the other side of this break. Fantasy Sports Today.